Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Next up, here to shed some light on NFT gamification and esports is Boring Stones Punk Ape Strong, Dogamese Max Stokel, Zytra's Tracy Lapalo, Dapper Labs Alan Carr, and Crypto Stash in a panel discussion which is moderated by Anna Totova of Coin Telegram. Hey, Hello, everybody. So we are starting today our discussion on NFT gaming and esports. And uh, last week, and this work was super crazy with uh, the rebranding of Facebook to Metaverse, uh, with the launch of uh, Grayscale, Decentraland Trust, and uh, today's news of uh, the closure of Series B uh, funding of uh, the Sandbox game. And uh, we see how this industry evolves quite quickly, and uh, I'm happy to to have here a discussion uh, with uh, uh, the great speakers, uh, with Pan Cape Strong uh, from NFT family, with uh, Max Stoyatsky from Dogami, uh, Shia Newwick from Cryptostash, uh, Tracy Leparula uh, from Zitara, and Alan Carr from Depolabs. And let's uh, all the speakers introduce uh, themselves and uh, what exactly you do and uh, your company. So let's start with Tracy. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Tracy. Um, I'm here in Toronto, Canada. I got involved in crypto in 2012. I'm very fortunate because Ethereum started out of Toronto. So it was very early on on the team uh, running some of the largest conferences here in Canada uh, where we run art galleries. And I was quite involved in NFTs very early. Um, I ran something called uh, ETH Waterloo. It's where CryptoKitties launched. So I'm excited to see them from day, per, day per last year. Uh, and then I've been doing, uh, right now, working for Zatara. And so what we do is we help um, a lot of companies launch their NFTs. So most recently, I was on stage with Floyd Mayweather at the Bitcoin conference. We launched his NFT and uh, now working with Dignitas and esports teams. So I'm really excited to be part of this panel and just to hear what everyone has to say. <laughs> Anna? I'm going to continue then. Cool. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so my okay. name is Max, um, co-founder and CEO of Dogami, uh, which is a play-to-earn game, early-stage startup based out of Paris. We've been working on the project now since January, and we're basically building now the Petaverse, where you can engage with your dog avatar in an open world, and people can basically be represented by the dog and engage in different experiences like mini games, single player, multiplayer, but also down the road, like concerts and other activities. So we've been working on this project now since the beginning of the year with an experienced co-founding team. Um, lucky enough to have a few very strong partners from the very beginning, also Draper Gordon Holm and Blockchain Founders Fund. And yeah, looking forward to discuss NFT and gaming today. Uh, I can jump in next. Uh, yeah, so I'm Alan. I'm, I'm at Dapper Labs and um, helped uh, helped launch NBA Top Shot after um, helping to run CryptoKitties for uh, a couple of years. Um, starting in when I joined the team in 2018, I got into crypto because of NFTs and because of CryptoKitties. 
and was lucky enough to be able to join the team and help run CryptoKitties, help launch the first blockchain battle royale with cheese, which uh, <laughs> could be said to be one of the first play to earn games in a sense uh, on Ethereum. We learned a lot from that. And, um, and yeah, I've been hard at work on NBA Top Shot, um, trying to bring this world of NFT to the NFTs to the masses and, uh, and trying to find ways to appeal to people who may not even be aware that they're getting involved in crypto at all. That's been uh, a fun and exciting journey for us. All right, I'm jumping in next, and then we'll we'll have a part punk ink straw. He can he can lead the pack here at the end. Uh, so uh, my name's Stash or Crypto Stash. I've been uh, a content creator in the space uh, since 2017. Uh, I've been in crypto since 2013, and uh, you know I just really like to be helpful, uh, be able to put out content that people can easily understand and is approachable to everybody out there. Uh, I got into NFTs in 2017, actually covering CryptoKitties. I had kind of seen a couple of projects before that, but it, nothing had really piqued my interest until then. And, and that was really one of those big you know, moments where I saw, here's more that we can be doing with this. And I immediately jumped in. I was actually the first YouTuber to create their own NFT. Uh, individually, I did that with Engine uh, in, in the beginning of 2018. And so I've been creating content around NFTs and blockchain gaming since then. Uh, and one of the premier uh, uh, blockchain NFT gaming streamers on uh, YouTube and Twitch. Nice. Hey, can you guys hear me by chance? Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, sweet. Uh, uh, I'm having technical difficulties with OBS and stuff. I, I might need to do a hangout session with you, Crypto Stash, to get Punk Ape Strong working again. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I know you use OBS all the time, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Punk Apestrong here. Um, I'm the, the chairman of the board for Boring Stone. Happy to be here. Amazing. I love I love Boring Stone. I was I, I feel like I was on the cover just not too recently ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crypto Stash made the cover of Boring Stone. It was so cool. a pretty epic, uh, pretty epic drop uh, for those who who missed it. Basically, uh, it was the blockchain booze community and some friends got together. To, to basically do a drop that was trying to combine a bunch of NFT uh, families together and create a fun drop for the community and do a little bit of satire, have some fun and see if we could create some, some more community um, engagement with blockchain and booze and it. It took on a life of its own. Amazing. Anna? <laughs> I don't know if Anna might be. Uh, Maybe she can out. hear us. Yeah. Uh, well, I can jump in. I have some of the questions in front of me. Go for it, Tracy. Let's do it. All right. So, NFTs and blockchain. Obviously, there's been extraordinary growth for both users and the volumes in recent months. What do we think the main drivers of that is? Let's start with Crypto Sash. Uh, I mean, I think the main driver when it comes down to NFTs and, and kind of their utility is that it's entertainment focused. You know, um, cryptocurrency is great. It's very financially focused. Thank you. Let me introduce uh, as well myself. My name is Anna oh. Tutova. I'm CEO of Coins Telegram. I think there might be a major delay issue. Anna, if you can uh, uh, 
maybe do a, a quick refresh or you might you're there uh, now my name is Sana Tutova oh. I'm CEO of Coins Telegram and we have a group of uh, so we help uh, different NFT DeFi projects and as well traditional blockchain companies uh, with publications in media into financial business crypto media and in regional media all over the world and uh, we promote projects via influencers uh, YouTube Twitter and in social media so let's start uh, with our first question, uh, which is NFTs and blockchain gaming uh, have been witnessing extraordinary growth in uh, both users and volumes in recent months. And what are the main uh, drivers of this growth? So let's start with Tracy. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> take it away, Tracy. Take it away. We love virtual events. Oh my God, the technicals. But uh, okay, so... Honestly, it's almost a tsunami of growth that's happening right now in honestly every different way. Uh, the obvious ones are some of the big brands that come into it. Obviously, when the NBA comes, or you see Steph Curry like changing his profile picture to a board ape, like it's gonna get that attention. Um, I remember being in Australia for the Ethereum Developer Conference when Engine was there and talked to them about like their ERC eleven fifty five protocol, and I think that actually made the whole gaming space get a little bit bigger in the sense that you could put fungible and non-fungible together. Some of the other things that I think is just like COVID-19 hit, everyone became indoors, metaverses started going crazy. So I think that was a big factor in it. And just, uh, just the open source technology that's out there. So it's, it's, um, it's a boom in every way NFTs has come and that's come gaming obviously um, is the pivotal kind of tipping point of what just made this mainstream. If I can jump in, yeah, um, I, I totally agree um, with all of that. And um, what's what's been interesting is, like, I feel like a lot of us who got started with, say, CryptoKitties or some of the early NFTs in 2017 really understood, like, the appeal of these digital objects and these digital collectibles and, and their potential to be gaming assets and, and all the different potentials that NFT NFTs had. And at the same time, we also understood sort of the kind of really difficult process um, getting people onboarded into crypto in general, even at that time. And then when you wanted them to get involved in some of the craziness that that you'd have to do to make uh, just simple transactions work on, on Ethereum at the time, it was it was pretty difficult. And so you mentioned Engine and um, you mentioned working with Wax before and uh, all of these different protocols coming online and all of these different wallet solutions and all of the all of the dApps are finding uh, a lot more approachable ways for people to be able to just show up. And in a lot of cases, all you need is a username and password and you can get started with NFTs and then really work your way down the rabbit hole at your own pace. And I think that combined with all of those other factors that you mentioned are really driving this this growth and it's it's huge accessibility into something that just clearly connects with so many people and has so much potential once you start understanding what it is that you're dealing with um, and then i know you got cut off a little bit there crypto stash did you want to finish up your answer yeah no worries uh <laughs> thanks alan. uh yeah i mean like i said i i really do thank you alan what about max what... um crypto stash you can continue if you want <laughs> probably just started if you want no go, go for it max I'll, I'll 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 clean it up here <laughs> sure 
I mean, for me, really, play to earn gaming, for example, and NFTs in gaming really just have, you know, launched with XE for me. I mean, the transaction volumes you see there is crazy, and I think it's largely driven by the economic incentive that those NFTs and those mechanisms um, offer. Same with Set Run, for example, where they're, they're trading racehorses for 100k and more. So I think it has a lot to gain, just like in the rest of the crypto world, and that makes it super attractive for new users to um, get on board. That being said, I don't think economic incentives is going to be the only driver in the long run. I think there's a huge opportunity for NFTs in general to make games more general, like um, attractive and to also enable people to express themselves, even build their own legacy around their gaming items and what they've experienced in games. And I think it's going to be an extremely good value proposition. Stuff. Sorry right, about being uh, sorry about being off for a second. Hopefully, I fixed my punk ape strong puppet. Um, I'll jump in uh, real quick because I think Alan was was spot on with what he said, and and I caught the the end of what what you said, Max. But I think this this last you know year and a half, two years, jumped our part of the space forward probably five to ten years, right? The the you know the fact that we all basically lived and worked in the metaverse, right? We all stayed home. We all did virtual things like this and Zoom meetings for every meeting um, basically meant that, that we, we forced our friends who, who weren't going to adopt this for a while <laughs> to adopt. Um, and, and we got, I think in that sense, we, we got a little bit lucky in, in that we got to, to leapfrog into the future. Pause for dramatic effect. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, so, so, all right. So, like, getting back to what I was saying, you know, I really think that, you know, the entertainment side of what NFTs bring to cryptocurrency has been one of the biggest drivers here. You know, it's something that we see, uh, you know, be, it's, it's a driver for, for a lot of things in the entertainment industry and in general. People like to collect things, right? They like to be able to collect these entertainment uh, focused items. And that was kind of what was missing from crypto, you know, uh, being a very financially focused industry, uh, you know, having a big Bitcoin wallet is great. It, I mean, for the bottom line, but I mean, at, at the end, it's it kind of boring when it comes to like, okay, you can't show it off. I mean, I guess you could, but you look kind of silly, like, here's my Bitcoin wallet, look how much Bitcoin I have, you know, but people are doing that with, uh, with their NFTs and they're doing it with their gaming items. I mean, they're, they're already doing that in the traditional gaming world and in the traditional collectible world. Uh, we've just kind of taken it one step further. And I think that people are really starting to open their eyes because what NFTs and blockchain provide to these existing industries uh, is really next level utility and functionality, in particular for gaming, which I've always said since the beginning is going to be the biggest mainstream driver for crypto period. And we're just starting to see that. We're starting to see major uh, AAA titles uh, and integrating blockchain. We've seen uh, NFT uh, you know, startup firms and, and gaming companies uh, take away top talent from other larger uh, established gaming, uh, uh, you know, studios. And so it, it's, it's, we're really just starting to see the beginning of that, but I really do think it's driven by the fact that, 
you know, as a gamer myself, and as I know lots of other gamers out there, you know, they see the value in being able to extract value and actually get value back instead of only giving and never getting anything back. You know, it's, it's, it's been a very take-take relationship. And now we've changed that with NFTs and with gaming uh, and playing to earn. And so now we understand this model can work, it will work, and it will be the future. Yeah, 1,000%. One, 1, I think Anna has a massive delay. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so one uh, question that we wanted to cover is um, understanding how disruptive that we think uh, play to earn is going to be uh, in terms of the wider crypto community. And Tracy, did you have any thoughts on how how this is going to disrupt crypto? Yeah. Overall? Well, play to earn is like changes everything right and so i think it's kind of when when bitcoin ethereum hit the streets too i think it potentially got the financial district a little bit nervous and i'm not sure how the traditional gaming industry is taking to it it seems like they're now changing a lot of their strategies to focus on how do we actually um reward people who are dedicated to actually that are in our game and, and and spending time here how that affects the general crypto industry they don't even know what's about to hit them like I think NFTs, we said they were going to come. They're they're here, and obviously they're they're widespread. But in gaming, the use case is so obvious, and the audience of gamers they're so tech savvy in the sense that they're still without a doubt friction in the crypto industry. Sending you know your address, your private key, a wallet. There's still some friction there, but gamers, you know, they can oversee all that friction, and and more technology is obviously making it simpler. I think the ability to now have this asset that you can trade for other cryptocurrency, for fiat currency, um, is just going to take the crypto industry by storm. And obviously people are listening, but it just hasn't hit yet, I don't think. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's a funny thing because, yeah, when you talk about gamers and what, what they've been you know, experiencing for the last, you know, almost 20 years, if not longer than that, uh, these virtual currencies and virtual, you know, game items have always been a very big part of that. Uh, you know, I was playing uh, Ultima Online in 1998 and selling virtual gold on eBay for a good amount of money, you know, and this was something that was happening about it. it just wasn't blockchain based. There was no cryptography that was backing it. So gamers are very comfortable with digital currency and digital valuation of, of items, of virtual items, and more so than any other demographic out there. Yeah, like I just I can't believe uh, like you, you play a game, you collect all these items. And if you finish that game, it kind of just ended there. And to be yeah. able to just continue your life to continue these digital assets across different platforms is like a revolution. Um, I love to hear what you have to say, Alan. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things when I think about play to earn is uh, you know, as Punk Apestrong was saying, play to earn is not new, right? There there have been people making money off of playing games like RuneScape, or you take a look at when um, uh, Diablo 3 launched, right? There was a there was a real play to earn marketplace. Again, it wasn't using crypto. So what are the interesting things that we gain when crypto enters the equation? And how does that actually interact with um, this existing crypto ecosystem. And I think it really comes down to the kind of interoperability and the trustlessness and the fact that people can build on top of each other's experiences. And we saw that from the very beginning with CryptoKitties when uh, like Kitty Hats launched and, and various other projects that were completely permissionless that allowed a cat to own a hat 
right, without Dapper Labs being involved whatsoever. Um, and I think that we're going to see those sort of uh, interactions happening on a smart contract layer, um, both with permissions between communities, bringing communities together, kind of that ready player one vision where, you know, completely separate worlds can now interact because they're all on the same protocol. Um, and I think that what, what we're going to see, how that affects the crypto space more widely is that scaling is just going to, has always been a bit of an issue, but it's always been kind of like, eh, is it such a big issue if it costs me a hundred dollars, but I'm moving a million dollars around, who cares? But now scaling really matters because, you know, not all these gaming assets are worth a million dollars. And, um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is it's going to really push the industry to be super quick um, with really fast confirmations and really high throughput. And, um, and, you know, looking at all of the impact of that. And I think that's gonna push a lot of these uh, side chains and additional um, blockchain options um, and kind of de-emphasize something like Bitcoin, which can't do all of these interactions and, and doesn't have the same smart contract layer uh, at, at the base case. I fully agree. So I, I do think that the technological enablers that are there currently are going to run into problems, especially when you think there's going to be like millions of users who want to access the same data at the same time or right back to the blockchain, for example. And I think this is going to disrupt the space a lot. And this is also going to prepare the space for a more broader adoption of blockchain applications by millions of people. So I think gaming is, yeah, it's going to play a crucial role in that field and um, will have a lot of implications for the rest of the industry. Definitely. And I think, I mean, Flow has, um, Depper Labs has already started to build Flow that is more catering to gamers. It just has to be seen how much it can be uh, ex expanded to other use cases, right? Yeah, so um, the, the thing with Flow is we, we launched uh, CryptoKitties and took down the Ethereum network with, you know, a very small number of people breeding cats. You know, it was kind of a niche activity with a small number of users and Ethereum couldn't handle it. And then we tried again. We tried our hardest with, uh, again, I mentioned Cheese Wizards, our blockchain battle royale with Cheese. Um, we tried to do that all on chain. It was a simple rock, paper, scissors uh, uh, battle royale game and again ethereum couldn't really handle that even though we tried to do it as smartly as possible so we pushed forward with the flow blockchain and today i've seen data that there are more people owning flow nfts than there are uh or just nba top shots uh moments um than there are people who own nfts on ethereum and there's more nfts being supported on flow than all of ethereum wow. just to name the one network so we're already really pushing forward that scaling and it was built from the ground up um, as well as other networks that are out there you know trying to establish a foothold but we really saw that need to scale and, and to be able to have so many people interact at the same time in order for these experiences to live up to their full potential. And so I'm really excited about everything that we've been able to build so far with Flow and all of the new experiences that are coming on board, like Chain Monsters and a bunch of other games and, and NFT and, and just various blockchain projects. Uh, I would love to get people's opinion on the other chains because I know I learned so much from CryptoStash about Wax back in the day. 
and I've participated on Wax, on the uh, on Ken, on the Bro, uh, Bro Punks, uh, and all the the things I've done on Wax because of you. And now, you know, Tezos. I spend so much time on Tezos myself, and I know that uh, Dogami uh, Max's company is building on Tezos. And I remember seeing something very recently where it was the Tezos blockchain is doing. Um, you know, like half the number of the transactions that Ethereum is doing right now. And it's almost all uh, NFT focused stuff. So do you guys think, you know, the, the rest of you who, who are, uh, you know, obviously smarter than me, um, do you guys think that the blockchain is that important for the average mainstream NFT holder or user? Or, or is the user experience more important, the fees and things like that? I think right now, at this t in this moment of time, the blockchain has become a conversation, mostly because the environmental factor, the speed. I remember CryptoKitties when we had ETH Waterloo, we were so excited. I posted everywhere. And then a week or two weeks later, mid-November, it's like congestion on the network. Everyone's like pointing at us. Uh, I also worked for Wax years ago as well. And so Wax, what I really like about, so I love, I have to give shout out to Flow. Love Flow. Amazing. Definitely top one. I, what I love about Wax is the founder started Opskins. Opskins was traditional skins, not on the blockchain space. He started running in uh, Wax. Um, and so he has that mindset of how do you make it mainstream in the real world without just the blockchain expertise. So I'm all very excited about Wax. And I think, yeah, the one-off platform by um, Tezos is really cool. So I don't see why there can't be more than one. But for gaming specifically, I think, you know, right now the environmental factor, when I just read twitter and the blogs you're reading with with working with esports teams like it seems like people in the gaming space are just trashing nfts in some ways because of the environmental factor which needs to get solved yeah there's a lot of uh, fear uncertainty and doubt being pushed around out there and a lot of it is is completely off base right um in in a lot of cases if you if you look into it uh, most of these newer blockchains are doing some form of a, a proof of stake specifically to address this blockchain um, conundrum and, or, sorry, the environmental conundrum. I know um, our CTO um, specifically said well, we won't create a, a proof of work blockchain just because it, it's irresponsible to do so. Um, so Flow, for example, uses a tiny, tiny fraction of the, um, um, you know, has, has a tiny fraction of the environmental impact of something like Ethereum. And that was very important. Um, and, and again, all of these other blockchains, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of push to help educate people about the low environmental impact. So it's unfortunate that a lot of misinformation is, is out there, although you know some of it is legitimate concern when, when you're talking about some of the legacy blockchains that are out there. Um, but I think as more people realize that um, actually it takes a lot more energy to send a uh, search to Google than it does to send a handful of flow transactions, for example, you know, they'll, they'll come to realize, okay, maybe maybe it's being overblown. Yeah. I fully agree. It's a bit of a pity that... And actually, block... I think it's uh, quite critical to select uh, on which blockchain you operate, uh, because especially for the new users, uh, the, cost, uh, is, uh, the cost of uh, uh, buying these NFTs, minting NFTs is quite critical. And we see as well a lot of hype around Polygon, and uh, that's the difference on launching games on Ethereum and uh, spending just hundreds of dollars on transactions uh, when there are 
like polygon solution uh, when the users can spend uh, much less money or with the flow, uh, with Tezos, it's quite great. And uh, let's move uh, to the next question about uh, secondary markets. And I would like to know your opinion. How do you uh, see sec uh, secondary uh, markets and uh, how NFTs are used in gaming? Uh, we have what a lot of experience. Oh. Oh, uh, okay, you can continue on. Sorry, we have a lot of experience with secondary <laughs> markets um, at Dapper Labs because, again, when we launched CryptoKitties, there was no OpenSea um, or anything like that. So in order for the CryptoKitties experience to even exist, the team had to create their own marketplace, um, which we had a lot of learnings about. And then similarly, we were in, a, in, in the same kind of situation when we launched NBA Top Shot because it was on Flow. Um, again, there was not yet a generalized secondary marketplace for NFTs on Flow. So we had to create our own specialized marketplace. Um, and there's a lot of pros and cons to doing that. You can really create a specialized experience that understands the special aspects of your NFTs. Um, but the, the big downside, of course, is you're restricted to the audience that knows about your NFT. You don't have the same sort of discoverability. And also you you're responsible for adding all the new features and stuff. And, and I think the biggest advantage to blockchain tech is the fact that you don't have to build your own marketplace most of the time. You can uh, lean on a, a third-party marketplace, whatever is running on, on you know, your blockchain that, that your um, NFTs are running on. And you get extra discoverability because someone might be there for a game A and see game B assets and be like, ooh, what is this? And, um, and as new features get added, uh, to the to the marketplace, you get to tap into those without having to build anything on your own, and I think that's incredibly powerful, and is just one of those greater examples of interoperability that blockchain provides <clears throat> these uh, assets. Thank you, Alan. What do you think, Max? I mean, I fully agree with uh, Alan. So, uh, interoperability of NFTs, so taking NFTs from one application to the other is extremely valuable. And I think uh, we haven't even scratched the surface of what you can do. I mean, now you see a few bridges in the industry, but um, down the road, I think it's going to be so cool to see that you can, you know, buy an NFT and participate in a game. If you don't want to play it anymore, you sell it to someone else or you take that NFT to another game and then play that game. And I think it's extremely powerful. And obviously it's also... First of all, beneficial for the player because they have um, full ownership over their assets and what they do with it. But it's also beneficial for the publisher or the creator because they obviously, when the NFT changes hands, they get transaction fees. So I think NFTs in gaming are here to stay. There's no doubt about that. And it's also cool because you can actively build them into the game design and build them into the game core loops. That people have to use them and maybe have to trade with them and these sorts of things. Um, personally, I'm extremely bullish that within five years from now, almost every game will support NFTs in some shape or form. Uh, what, uh, what do you think, Tracy? I think marketplaces are like so critical. They're popping up everywhere. Uh, some do a much better job than others. So I think it's important for the mass adoption of, of NFTs because it just 
Can you pay with credit card? Can you, does it accept enough? Um, is it easy to take off the, the marketplace? That's what I find with using a few others. So it's like, great, I have this NFT, but it sits in my wallet on there. Um, so there's a lot of innovations coming, but it's, it's such an important part of the ecosystem of gaming because, again, it brings you from just this siloed economy that you can now create in your game. Now it's like you can build it throughout other games and trade um, not just swords and trading cards and whatever it is, weapons, gear, skins. You can now maybe even exchange privileges as well. You know, maybe you can have an NFT that gives you a boost in another game or, you know, there's... It's going to be crazy to see what these games kind of think of because it's kind of endless possibilities. But marketplace is a critical, um, critical part of the ecosystem. You know, there's probably what top ten right now leading the space, but there's ones coming up every day. I personally like ones that are very niche focused in terms of whether they're just for gaming or just for fine art. Um, um, but the other thing that I actually find really cool that really grew the space is like when people were able to mint their own when marketplace allows you to do that it made it so much easier where you have places like maker's place you know they have they look through what the actual artwork's going to be before it's there uh where other ones like rareable you know you, I, anybody can mint it so i think that's also uh, an important feature when looking at these marketplaces but uh, it's so important to the gaming space overall it's exciting yeah and in zaitara you as well building your own nft marketplace right it's one of the things that we're working on. Yeah, for sure. We're, right now, it's, uh, we're, the big client is uh, we're focusing on Dignitas. They're an esports team. Uh, so they have a lot of cool, exciting uh, possibilities with their streams and just uh, just exciting stuff, esports teams overall. Cool. And um, Cryptostash, you as well face so many NFT projects, NFT marketplaces. What are your thoughts on secondary markets? Yeah, I think the secondary market does play a really critical role. You know, we talk about the completion of this kind of play to earn element that we've been pushing here. Uh, without that secondary market, you you know, that play to earn doesn't really come to fruition. You know, you can play and earn, but then if you can't do anything with it, you can't sell it to somebody else after the fact or when you're just uh, done with a game, then, you know, that that cycle is then in is broken at that point. So I think it's incredibly uh, critical for uh, for gaming adoption. Now, when it comes to just regular NFTs, you know, I, I think that uh, less so is it important, but I think that we're also going to see, we, we, and we've obviously seen this a lot, is it, you know, where we've had big, you know, NFT marketplaces, secondary marketplaces like OpenSea, uh, Rarible, other ones uh, on other chains. Uh, the, you know, it's, for lack of a better word, they're very centralized because these are the places where everyone goes, everyone knows they're becoming the Amazons and the Ebays of NFTs. And I think that we're, we're starting to see a little bit of a shift of, you know, uh, of, of individuals having their own their own sites of, of, you know, projects, you know, having their own uh, smaller marketplaces. And I think that's going to actually help drive a lot of that NFT uh, functionality here in the future is too, is having more accessibility for individuals to be able to easily create these things for themselves on their own personal websites, you know, having connectivity to, you know, things like Shopify apps or WordPress apps, where people can easily and quickly spin these things up. And it's just another component of, of what they're doing in their project. And they're not necessarily beholden uh, to, you know, uh, some of these these uh, secondary markets, like Alan was saying before, where you're not getting a full, uh, you know, tailored experience for your collection. Uh, you're getting whatever their generic experience is or whatever you can work out with their team. And so it comes across not as, as uh, you know, beautiful and engaging, I would say, in a lot of times. So that's kind of the downside of the secondary market. But 
you know, I think it's important that, you know, there is a, a, a good flow between these individual markets and uh, secondary markets and like mass secondary markets where you have consistent royalties across these and then looking towards getting to a cross chain environment, because that's really where this is going to take off. And that's what we have a little bit of an issue with right now is that we have all these environments, but they're very siloed, right? Uh, even on Ethereum, uh, there's not as much, you know, cross, like there, there is for to a certain extent, but you know, they, they've developed in a way where, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of siloed in each of these markets and they don't necessarily play well with each other. And then going cross chain, even that is a lot harder. So, uh, I think that's really what uh, the the inevitable future of secondary markets is going to be is really who can get to being a true cross-chain platform uh, offering uh, services and uh, a really great unique experience in UI and UX. Uh, they're going to be the winners. Yeah, I want to just throw out there that I think uh, Stash is 1 million percent correct. And I think that it might be even not who the first uh, uh, secondary marketplace to enable all this stuff will be, but which ones will integrate the first wallets that are cross-chain and, and able to be, right? Like everybody's seeing some moves from Coinbase wallet, for example. Coinbase wallet so far is just an Ethereum wallet, but if Coinbase wallet started having, you know, um, started working on Flow and started working on Wax and started working on Tezos, then, you know, there's one integration point, kind of like how everyone integrates with, uh, with um, MetaMask uh, for, for Ethereum, um, that, that's going to change, right? Or there's Wallet Connect or, or, or MetaMask. On Tezos, for example, all of everyone doesn't, you know, most people don't connect Temple Wallet, which is the, um, the one that, uh, that is kind of like the MetaMask for Tezos. They, they connect... Um, Shit, now I'm forgetting the the name of the uh, maybe Max will know, but the, okay. the product that is like the Wallet Connect for Tezos, where all of the wallets are all on one, and there's different wallets used for different reasons. Um, but every person will be able to to integrate, right? Once there is a wallet that I can uh, integrate that has my Tezos and my Ethereum in it, and I could use that on OpenSea or whatever, that's that's when we win, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And now we discuss uh, such uh, stuff as user experience and viability of uh, all these NFT uh, marketplaces and chains. And uh, we are now in the bull market, but if there is a bear market, NFTs just may turn out to be a bubble and uh, go bust. Uh, so do you think that uh, NFT market will still be viable if that happens? So uh, for me well, personally, I, <laughs> I, I definitely think um, that there will be projects that people will look back in hindsight and be like, why did I spend so much money on this? I don't care about this. Like I was just buying into a hype cycle. And then uh, there will be projects that are built with love and care and that are built for actual engagement and, and um, to actually connect with people, both as collectors and as gamers. And if you've been playing a, a play to earn game and you've uh, put a lot of hours into a character and you've enjoyed a lot of experiences, probably with some friends and probably with some other uh, NFTs and some other um, platforms or some other things on the blockchain as well, with the interconnectedness, you know, those are going to have um, meaning to you outside of the financial value. And there's no way that, that even if 
um, the out, outside demand for that causes, like, say, the price to drop, that you're going to stop wanting to interact with that. You're still going to have that connection. So it's all about the quality of, of the NFT and, and the quality of the game when it comes to play to earn. I fully agree. I mean, as you said, those NFTs, they become sort of the token of your memory and of the good experience you had. And another point is that those tokens still have utility, whereas other, for example, NFT artworks might not have any utility other than being able to look at it. So I think you really have to differentiate between the different asset classes within NFTs. And once the NFT bubble bursts, should it burst, then I think, yes, game NFTs are going to come down as well, but not probably to the extent that artwork NFTs would come down, I think. But that's my, my prediction here. What do you think, CryptoStash? Yeah, I mean, you're right. When it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to actual use cases, there's different, um, you know, use cases there, I would say. And dividing them between like it being, you know, art or being, uh, um, you know, an actual gaming asset. I think that's actually pretty important to make that division. Uh, an NFT with utility is going to hold value much more over time and during a bear market than an NFT that doesn't. And so I think we're going to see a lot of these like PFP projects uh, that have not really provided anything to their community, don't have any real good utility. I think we're going to see those things take um, an enormous hit and we're going to see the, the, the you know, how a, a gaming utility uh, really does keep the the value of uh, of uh, of the you know something like that over a bear market, and I, I mean, we've already kind of seen that uh, you know pre twenty twenty one, in my opinion, and you know I, I think that uh, once this kind of hype cycle, I, I wouldn't call it a bubble, I call it more of like a hype cycle, and once this hype cycle is kind of complete, I think that we're going to kind of see where those those lie because we're it's oversaturated at this point right now. And, and the funny part is because it's become so oversaturated because it's so easy to make a, a, a PFP avatar type of project. It's much, much harder to develop a game and an entire ecosystem around this game and economy and all these other things. So, you know, the, the, uh, w when this cycle for PFP avatars is kind of over, you know, that's when all these gaming uh, projects are going to be coming out and, cr and just straight crushing everything in NFTs. Yeah, I'll just throw out there uh, during this pause <laughs> that the uh, I think the um, you know this space you, you'd have to be kind of crazy to look at it and say everything is rational and you know uh, punk ape strong should be worth the amount that the average ape is worth and all these things it's it's crazy right it is it is some sort of bubble just the way that um, the 2017 crypto bubble was some sort of bubble just like Bitcoin might be some sort of bubble in this moment. But I think all of us here um, are building in this space for the long term because years from now, and I mentioned this in the previous panel, the, this, uh, this industry will be orders of magnitude larger than it is today. But like Sash says, some of these, some of these things are gonna fall uh, you know, forever because they aren't bringing value to the community because they aren't creating something sustainable long term. But um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the people that are, uh, you know, right click and save the image, you know, or, or people making fun of us um, are, are, uh, are going to, uh, you know, eat their words in these next few years. Thank you. Conclusion votes from Tracer. 
Um, well, similar to what they're saying, you definitely have to differentiate, let's say, the R versus gaming. I think an interesting point they said was just like the timing of gaming. Like, it doesn't happen overnight that you can build a game, that you can build an economy within a game, that you can so. Um, a lot of investments going into blockchain games. They have been for the last three years. I think more this year than ever since COVID happened. Uh, so we're going to start seeing the progress and like kind of like the the fruits of all that within the next two years. So whatever this hype train happens with NFTs, I think gaming is here to stay. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. It just makes complete sense. They they were already living in this world. They just needed blockchain. It was like the missing piece. They already collected coins. They already got skins. They were already trying to trade things. They have trading cards. Like it was literally built for NFTs. So I think it's going to take some time to see it all to come um says, you know, some of these really big gaming companies uh, bringing them out. I think there was a big shareholder meeting yesterday that happened with one of them. So Ubisoft, they pretty much said we're going to be entering play to earn. So it's like it's happening. And, and I don't think it's going anywhere in gaming specifically. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with uh, everything uh, uh, mentioned before, and uh, that uh, gaming as well brings a uh, much wider audience, uh, which are genuinely interested in uh, playing interesting stuff, playing games, and uh, via NFTs, we as well uh, bring more crypto adoption into the industry, and how viable NFTs, gaming NFTs are, much depends on uh, how viable is the audience, uh, the players of this or that game. And uh, thank you everybody for such an interesting discussions and uh, hope to see you at the next conferences. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. 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 Everybody.